TTB Music Podcast. Hey, we're actually recording this week. Oh, good, good, good. You saw I can say something. Yeah, you can say you can say something. I won't waste um, my breath. Other things, and yeah, and some 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 of it will hopefully make coherent sense. Yeah, uh, it's uh, well. Last time we did this, it was kind of summer. It was. It's definitely autumn now. It's kind of winter, <laughs> right oh. now. But yes, I know what you mean. Uh, anyway, uh, it's the seasons. Tis the season to be dancy. Yep. And we are back with Apex Twin. Uh, the Wan McLean. Juan Bank, McLean. Banks. Death from Above 1979. Ryan Adams. And Black Moth. So without further ado, <laughs> we shall get on to the sixth Apex Twin album. And his first in Ooh, a long, a long, long time. Long, long time. Yeah. We're going back to the days of Come to Daddy, I think. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yes, it's been a, it's been a while since uh, Mr. James yeah. released a record. Mm. Um, but he's back with uh, an album full of uh, catchy, tight-horned ditties. <laughs> yes, indeed. I tell you what, this podcast is going to be twice as long, and that's just going to be for reviewing this first album. Yeah, just for a which I really like the track. <laughs> Mix. <laughs> Yeah, well, go on, you can go first. Oh, thanks. <laughs> right, okay. The Apex Twin, new album, Syro. Uh, <laughs> at least he kept that simple. Um, yeah, I, I really like this album. Yeah? It was a grower. Uh, it's, it's definitely it's, a grower. I, yeah. I think it's a, com- as a, as a complete... Um, as a complete art um, form or a complete work, um, I think it's I think it's a really good album. It, it stands up... Um, you know, it's it's consistently good throughout. Um, I have to admit, there were certain tracks I preferred. Yeah. Um, and 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 again, trying to get around this whole uh, conundrum over the um, the uh, the track listing, the names, uh, which um, for for, for, the view, for the viewers, for the listeners that haven't 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 seen the album, um, resemble sort of file names almost. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you know. Um, computer programming and so on um i have to say i think i think every i had this every other rule throughout this album so so the first the first track mini pop 67 yeah um i liked christmas eve t10 yeah it's okay jolly enough and then product 29 track three um i liked a lot uh, and so on and that, yeah. that that pattern seemed to work <laughs> for me throughout the album it's like the every other track rule um it's a, a classic mix of of modern I say modern day yeah modern day electronic dance music um, instrumental electronic music of, of the nature of which we've heard a lot more of recently from the likes of Trent Reznor and so on yes um, I think that, that there was the, the, it's funny you mentioned that because there were there several moments on this when I was just thinking oh yeah Trent's got another soundtrack album out hasn't he <laughs> okay, it was a reminded you yeah there <laughs> was lots of boops in you know but I think the difference here is is it's it's a lot more upbeat than I was expecting as well. If yeah, that makes sense, because there's lots of beats, but they were particularly upbeat, <laughs> upbeat beats. Uh, you know, I, I think I was going to be good. I was expecting more of a techno dirge, 
Um, and yeah, there was elements of that. And certainly there's some old school techno in here as well. I think it was one, 180 dB and one of the later tracks was yeah, it back with Papa T4. Yeah, 180 dB, as you say, it's got a techno drum and bass type yeah, thing. Actually, actually, one of my favourite tracks. On yes, the definitely. Uh, one of the, sh the shorter ones too. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, there's some proper drum and bass, some proper old school tech uh, 90s techno in there, um, akin to a, a Prodigy remix or something. You know, it was proper, proper old school. Um, so, yeah, very enjoyable album. Um, worth the repeat listening. And to close it all off, um, a rather nice ba ballad. <laughs> Instrumental, yeah. what you mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. him on the piano. Got him on piano, but akin to some of the remix work he did with the aforementioned Trent Reznor as well, back in the 90s, back in the day. So, uh, yeah, all in all, I like that. Yeah, um... What was your favourite track? <laughs> Name it. Uh, Actually, <laughs> Circlant 6A, <laughs> open brackets 141.98, close brackets, Scryobonkus mix, one of my favourites. <laughs> Which comes after 180 dB. <laughs> I, I prefer Circle on T14. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think this is... I mean, I, was, I quite liked... I mean, I remember back many, many moons ago, so back in the early 90s, my, it was my brother that actually first um, pointed me in the direction of Aphex Twin. And he had come across him on uh, Radio 3. Ah, <laughs> As you do. Gosh. Um, for anyone listening who's not aware of what Radio 3 is, Radio 3 plays <laughs> classical music. <laughs> um, but they used, to have, they used to have a programme on um, back in late 80s, early 90s, not sure how long it went on for, called Mixing It, right. which used to just uh, do experimental music of various different kinds. And um, he got played on there a few times. My brother heard that and went, oh, I really like that. And then sent me, I think, sent me, I think uh, ambient, one of the ambient works. I think the first Ambient Works album, which I really liked, and yeah, it was it was good. And this this sounds similar in lots of ways. And it's a, it's one of those classic um, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of things. Because I think in in many ways this album could have quite easily come out at any point between now and nineteen ninety, going, going going backwards. Yeah. Um, but then again. As he himself says, he's got barrel loads of stuff just sitting around that he hasn't done stuff with, done stuff with, and released. It's quite, it's quite possible that quite a lot of this stuff actually exists from that particular point in time. Um, but still, as you say, it's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable, um, but it pays to listen to it several times. Um, it has to be said during the few times I was playing music um, to prepare for this podcast during the last couple of weeks in the household this one was not a big favourite <laughs> really? yeah oddly, oddly <laughs> enough requests to turn this off came, came much quicker than anything else in the podcast yeah um, for that reason I think you really need to kind of live with this record and it is lots of beep boop 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 yeah boop, 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 as well as uh, genuinely interesting musical passages Yes, no, I agree. Uh, it's it's one to listen to on your own. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's interesting. You mentioned I think you mentioned product twenty nine as one of your tracks that you yes. like. Because 
seamlessly moving into the next record Ooh. I actually thought that wouldn't that's the one track on this album that wouldn't have felt that out of place on the next album ah I see what you're saying uh, the next yeah. album which is The Juan McLean In oh, a Dream uh, this is uh, John McLean better known by the stage name Juan McLean and uh, this time around joined by former LCD Sound System member Nancy Wang um and this is kind of tonight we're going to party like it's 1980 really isn't it <laughs> yes. uh, it's disco time I mean, very much so yeah let's get our Giorgio Moroder and Cheek records out again <laughs> uh, you know it's like we're going back to a Daft Punk last year yeah but, but 2013 all over yes, again <laughs> but, but without your man yeah um and I have to confess, a bit like the first time, I like this album much more than I expected to. Mm. Um, I wasn't sure on the first couple of listens, but then it kind of clicked with me. And half the record really got under my skin. And the opening track combines disco along with some kind of great, kind of um, almost kind of late 70s guitar riffage. Uh, so right up my kind of street. And then you've got some uh, great kind of pop loveliness with uh, in the middle of the album with uh, Running Back to You and I've waited so long which I was singing for most of last week yeah um, and the last track is also very nice really long, long track it's kind of a duet kind of thing it's kind of ballady type thing but uh, someone never said I love which I really liked sadly there's a couple of bits of kind of early 90s dance rubbish in here as well Here I Am the second track particularly um, and a couple of things that didn't really charm up particularly didn't grab me either, either. but Overall, there was more on this mm. that was thumbs up than thumbs down, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it, um, I, I, I had a few reverse turns on the reviewing of this podcast. So, listen to this album the first time, loved it. Listen to it second time, yeah, I wasn't so sure mm. anymore. But then, repeated listen, yeah, it, it, it started to grow back on me. I hear exactly what you're saying around the sort of, as you call it, '90s dance rubbish. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. There's some, there's some classic happy house. I think I think it's on that second track. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't sit so well with the rest of the record. No, it, it doesn't. It feels very out of place. With yeah, the rest of the it really does. And even with his almost hot chip s vocals once or twice, um, it just doesn't sit so well. Um, it is best when it's when it's sort of clearly charged with the 1980s. Um, amusing observation I made. You were were a runaway. I thought the um, the the couple at the start of that, the start of the verse, was very much Papa don't preach. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just yeah. that bit. Um, you know, it's, it's so it's a very much a Madonna-esque um, vocals. Not all the time. Not all the time. Just sometimes I felt that Madonna was clearly an influence as well. Yeah, I had that, and also mentioned that on on a couple of the tra tracks, it was almost like not only Madonna, but kind of Human League. Mm. It was so, so a couple of these tracks sounded like they could almost have been kind of remixes of Human League tracks yeah. done more da more dancey if you know what I mean sort of sampled and then redone yeah, yeah. no exactly I hear that yeah so um, no, it's, uh, again um, completely different of course to the previous album the FX Twin album <laughs> obviously yeah um, this is far more straight ahead this dance is far music. more straight ahead dance music but, but uh, some really interesting use of, of, of 80s style synth pop that, that we've not heard for quite some time no uh, actually, I forgot after that saying Charlotte didn't do much. The song Charlotte didn't do much short for me. I suddenly reminded by the by seeing a note that I'd written that that what it did remind me of, of musically was Gold by Spando Bali. <laughs> yes, kind of thing going on. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, for, for a band I hadn't heard of. Yeah. No, no, yeah, quite surprised. Quite surprised, and completely not what I expected. So, moving on to the third album, which is Banks Goddess uh, debut album uh, from. Was she the Was she the tip from the BBC? She was one of the tips. I can't remember if she was the lead tip. I think she might have been. Why is she? Okay. Or was she number two? I can't. I, I remember I preferred her to some of the others we listened to. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, she was in, she was definitely one of the. She, she was in home, which we know we know we did that yeah, podcast how long ago. Keep attention to what we do. Yeah, don't even research our own past podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, she's this is a this is a debut album. She's from uh, uh, America, from Los Angeles, I believe. Although she just spent quite a bit of time over here. Yeah, you can tell. Mm. Musically, I mean, I'll clarify elaborate. that. I'll, on, I'll elaborate, elaborate in a minute. No, now carry on. Um. Yeah, it's. Here's sounds, sounds of the studio in the background. Uh, for me, this is one of those records that um, starts off, and I think I, I actually really like. I actually really like her voice, and I, I like the whole kind of down, slow tempo, chill out R and B kind of thing. The, kind yes. of, the whole concept of the groove of it, you know. I mean, it was interesting to see Jamie Woon as a co-writer on one of the tracks because there is very much a kind of him and James Blake. Mm feel to mm. um, this so it's therefore a shame that for me the filler clearly overwhelms the killer on mm. this this record uh, it is a shame because I think the killer for me is very good so begging the thread waiting game and you should know where I'm coming from I think are three absolutely outstanding tracks but for me the rest of the album doesn't really match up to the strength of those songs yeah. um there is actually a track on the extended version of the album um, before I ever met you, which I'd also have brought into the main album if it was a bit of it had been me. Um, what is quite surprising is that uh, there are parts of it where it's actually reminiscent of Kate Bush almost. So on tracks like Drowning and uh, I think Under the Table, there is uh, that kind of Bush-esque mm. element, even though the songs aren't as good as a Kate Bush track. Um, so I, a lot of promise... And like I said, when she's good, uh, I think it's very good, but just too much filler for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, I agree again. Um, yes, uh, when it's when she's good, she's excellent. Uh, I uh, elaborating. I do think it has a, quite a cool urban vibe to it that is very much um, UK driven R and B. Yeah. In terms of some of the some of the the, the style of the songwriting and the and the music. Um, so that's that's that point I was coming from. That was the point I was trying to make. <laughs> Same difference. I'm getting it out. Um, I, I where this album is is great. It is it does something interesting with R and B. Um, we reviewed an album last podcast uh, where said artist was trying to create a soundscape on each and every track. Yes. Or some some press release not yes. naffness. Um, I think this album actually succeeds in doing that and and doing it well. Um, but would agree with you entirely that standout track for me early on was Waiting Game I think that's the moment for me when this album really clicked into place I thought the first couple of tracks were alright yeah, but then it fine. really clicked into place with Waiting Game I thought I thought the songwriting the singing and, and everything about this track is perfect it's just stunning it just grabbed me you know the way that, that, that a really good song grabs you um, so again it's such a shame that thereafter 
um, those moments, those, those, mu- those, those moments, those moments, even were fewer and, and, and further between. Um, I, th- I think I got uh, no pun intended um, stuck with stick. Um, and somewhere in the middle of the album, uh, it, it did. I did start to. It starts to feel like a long record. It starts it? to feel like a long record. Your your attention starts to 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 wane. Begging for thread obviously pulls you back in, uh, but again. You know, the more you, and, it, and I think it does pick up again towards the end of the album as well. I think I think there's a natural end to the album somewhere around. I can't remember if it's Change or Someone New. It's a, mm. sort of a very acoustic, uh, almost a cappella. Yeah, song. yeah. Then we Someone New, I think. And then we get Warm Water, which was one of the tracks from the earlier. I think it was the London EP, which was the, re- the thing we we reviewed earlier this year. It was. Yeah. Um, which I think again, I think Warm Water, really really cool song, um, but but seems to have sort of tagged on at the end almost like a bonus track so again something with the sequencing I've made make this point before you know it's the albums albums this is clearly one of those albums that doesn't really give in for the sequencing it's all about the track listing on iTunes blah 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 blah, blah. Um, yes. yeah so so it's just a shame really if the production had just been tightened up a little bit um, this could have been a really good a great debut album rather than a promising debut album sound yeah sound sound sound, sound. not solid sound yeah yeah so we well, I can't say we leave dance music. We, we sort of leave dance music, but move on to something that sort of, that has a dance mu- music edge to it in places. Yes. Um, and the second album from Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine. Um, first album came out in two thousand and four, and they split up shortly afterwards due to musical differences, but reformed a couple of years ago. And um, so it's uh, Jesse F. Keeler on bass, synths and backing vocals, and Sebastian Granger on vocals and drums. So do you want to go first on Physical World? <laughs> I'm not surprised, actually, that they split up with musical differences, because <laughs> you can hear the, colli- the collision uh, points on this record. I mean, now, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's a good album. Um, it does rattle along at quite a pace. It does rattle along quite a pace. Um, you know, and, and there's, some, there's some great rock on here as well um, equally there's some interesting almost pop music too yeah uh, in terms of in terms of some of the tracks um, I have to say this album didn't have as much of a, an impact on me as, as as the previous three albums we, we have reviewed um, although interesting you say that you, you sort of that collision of the synth and the the rock um, I think it's like what the, the last track the last couple of tracks actually almost take that as a theme Gemini, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the physical world begins with a sort of the kind of synth ditty, which is then replicated by the heavy guitar. Um, you know, so that's interesting. Um, so yeah, this is going to be my solid album choice. I think solid album choice. This is my solid album choice. But I can't say I can't say it appealed to me too. For me, it was just trying to do again too many things. Um, and I just sort of put. I found myself pulled in each direction. I didn't. I just didn't know what to think. Now, so this, this this album didn't really work with me until today. Oh right. And today it just kind of fell in place. And I mean, it's similar in in a lot of ways to the Royal Blood album that we oh, yeah. re- reviewed last last month. Month in the sense that it's the bass and drums kind of combo, um, trying to make everything. And it's kind of similarly brash rock kind of music short sweet kind of thing yeah and <clears throat> I think I broke out because of that I broke, like, liked it a bit, bit more than you, you, you do what I was surprised didn't mention which which for me the thing I thought and again I didn't think actually until today was just how much at times I was thinking yeah I can imagine Trent Reznor 
doing this if he actually allowed himself to have fun. <laughs> yes. Now that you know, it's like everything of hesitation marks. <laughs> yeah. That could have gone on this record. Yeah, you're you're right. Actually, um, I did have that thought early on. I can't remember which track it was. Um, it it was a bit nin, but upbeat nin at one point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If Trent Reznor really just 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 had fun and made a more of a mainstream yeah, record, trying to make a pop record. Yeah. yeah, which he tried, admittedly, with hesitation marks. I think to a lesser degree of success. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really like Trainwreck. Uh, actually, the middle of the album's a bit I like best. Crystal Ball, White is Red, mm. and Trainwreck, 1979, I all think are re really great. Uh, particularly White is Red, which starts off, which is quite a gentle, almost ballady thing that kind of that rocks out, which is really, really good. And the, and the opening track, Cheap Talk, is a good kick-ass yes. tune as well. Yes. Um, uh, so, yeah, I quite like this one because it was quite short. It meant that I could easily listen to it again today ahead mm. <laughs> of, of the podcast yeah um, <coughs> which no, don't get me wrong I, I preferred it on repeat listen yeah another one of those albums I listened to it first time wasn't too keen repeat listen got better uh, yeah. yeah right moving swiftly on to uh, Ryan Adams Ryan Adams 14th album by him um, wow well, I think it's probably more friendly. But, uh, <laughs> it doesn't work with Whiskey Town things, and then it depends if you count the kind of heavy metal album he made and other things. It's that's still impressive if it's more than fourteen. Yeah, uh, he, he's quite prolific. Yeah, or, or has been quite prolific. He's uh, slowed down a little bit, hasn't he? Uh, he's slowed down a bit, quite a bit, partly because he got ill. Uh, no. That's why he stopped touring a, couple, a few a few years back. He had Meniere's disease, which mm. obviously kind of involves. And problems with your balance and various other things mm. um, and so he did kind of slow down a bit and kind of lose interest um, but they've sort of today but I came across the thing today when he'd uh, something that allegedly he'd written summing up his previous output um, which I'll, re I'll read it because it's quite funny he says at 33 it's safe to say that most of these records blow there are three good songs maybe on gold <laughs> <laughs> Two on demolition, none on rock and roll. In brackets, awful. Don't buy it. But love is hell is good because I was high as fuck back then and it worked. All the Cardinals records have great tunes. If you're a redneck or want to be disappointed with me, buy Heartbreaker. But it's such a shite and I didn't mean a word of it. I like Cold Roses, Jacksonville City Nights, Follow the Lights, Easy Tiger, Wait for the Cardinals version, and Cardinology. Keep it real, Ryan Adams. Which kind of fits a lot. Fit. <laughs> Which, to be fair, Brilliant. having having seen him live a few week, couple of weeks weeks ago, does pretty much fit in with what his set list was like. So maybe it is a genuine thing that he actually did right. Um, and I know he thinks that this album, the, the new album, is uh, if not his best, then no. certainly certainly one of his best. Oh, good for him. Um, <laughs> I certainly think it's one of his most accessible records. Yes, and and possibly his most commercial record. Yes. Um, you know, it's packed full of catchy tunes. And you know, single longable material, in fact, mm. um, and has all the kind of elements of what what he's done over the years. So you've got blues rock riffs on, um, um, you know, give me some good, give me something good, for example. And I just might kind of alt country influences on stuff like Let Go. Arguably, kind of just straightforward pop influences on stuff like Am I Safe and Kim and things like that, and folk on um, things like My Wrecking Ball, and. You know, Johnny Depp plays on two tracks for Christ's sake. Um, 
Um, and Bizarrely showed up at the gig when I saw him li- li- live as well really? for, the, for the encore. Yeah, I think Johnny had had a couple of sherbets by the time he came on stage. Admittedly, um, they're sitting around back backstage waiting waiting for your cue. <laughs> well, yeah. What can the man do? Yeah, I know. Probably never anyone to keep company. So I think you just you know what you do in those situations. Um, it's also interesting that uh, Ben Montench, the keyboard player from Tom Petty's band, is also on this uh, album. And I think on tracks such as. Um, uh, trouble and stay with me particularly you have hints of refugee uh, from Tom Petty on stay with me and tired of giving up I think that kind of Tom Petty influence is also quite strong on this record and possibly you know, it's unfair in a way it's unfair to the other albums because I've listened to this much more than the other re- records partly because <laughs> I was going to the gig and partly for other reasons um, but due to that I'd say it's possibly one of my favourite records of the year so far because mm. um, I don't actually think it has a dead track on it mm. that's my opinion yeah very good <laughs> <laughs> I hate it no <laughs> I'm joking um, I have to agree um, I have to agree with a specific point of yours which is probably one of his most accessible records mm. I really enjoyed this record from start to finish and, and agree with that last point you made not a dub track on it um, very enjoyable record you know I've never been the biggest Ryan Adams fan yep. um, but this this was you know an absolute you know pleasure to listen to um, not not a track that, that for me uh, felt out of place it again rattled along at quite a pace uh, but 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 in a good way yes um, standout tracks for me um, give me something good you know to yeah. kick, kick start it um, again Trouble I enjoyed um, Feels Like Fire with its Noel Gallagher-esque backing vocal. Did you spot that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the reason I liked it, by the way. I just spotted that. And, um, and yeah, and I just might. And others, many others. Um, really enjoyed really enjoyed this album. Um, very accessible. If you're not a Ryan Adams fan or you've never... Or you want to start somewhere, I'd start with this one. Yeah, oh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Shame I missed that gig. Yeah. He's, play, he's playing again in February. Is he? Yeah. Oh, well, reconsider then, because uh, yeah, that was a yeah. Certainly, if he's if he's playing this album live, it's definitely worth checking out. So, we finish with. Uh, as this year, what we've tried to do this year is is to try is to try and get some metal in. Have since, we? since since we hadn't really done a lot of metal, have we not? Feels like we've done a lot. We've done quite a bit this year. Yeah. Maybe it's just all this year. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, we've done kind of random bits. You know, we've done kind of things like you'd expect us to do. So we've done kind of a Kiss album and an ACDC album and stuff like that. But we no, hadn't. Probably we, what I'm thinking of. We hadn't really gone outside of the the mainstream. The of mainstream the, metal of, of the metal world. Right. Um. So we finish this month uh, with a band from Leeds. Mm. Um. And apparently they're a doom metal band, which. Um, I wouldn't have known from listening it has to be said I had to look it up uh, <laughs> me, me, me the old metal fan as well I'm sorry but <laughs> since it started breaking down into all these kind of bizarre sub-genres I, got I wouldn't know lost. what doom metal is either <laughs> it's this apparently is it oh yeah, right okay yeah. um, anyway it's the second second band second band second album from the band who are fronted by a young lady called Harriet Bevan and the album was produced by uh, the drummer from the Cave in the Bad Seeds Jim Sclerusnessness. Yeah, him. Jim. Jim, yeah. Jim, please, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> I, I, think, I think her vocal's brilliant, by the way. 
Well, she sounds like she comes from this country, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I think that's a good thing, and she does sound northern as well, which yeah. is which is great. Um, do metal, eh? Um, do, do, look, to be honest with you, there were times where oh, clearly it's a it's a metal album, but you know it's it's kind of almost not heavy metal. Well, it's doom metal. I know it's doom metal, whatever that is. Um, it's, it's kind of like metal light, if I can be, you know, they make it sound, make, make it sound hard, <laughs> but, it, but it's kind of, it's kind of a bit light on the metal. Um, and that's, that's no bad thing, because this record's actually, it's all right. Um, again, not yeah. my favourite record of the podcast. No. Um, by some way, as it turns out, but, uh, it's, it's all right. I, I, it was a decent, a decent enough listen. There are a couple of good tracks on here. Um, opening track wasn't so, keen on except for that brilliant line about the porker from the Daily Mail yeah. um, I, think I quite liked them all I thought that was, that was one of my standouts but, but I think the sort of the, the more sort of jovial lyrics the comedy lyrics like that the little observations that run throughout this album um, sort of make it worthwhile if you know what I'm saying um, yes you mean like on Luna where it's Luna the, the yes your plates crack an egg on my breasts love um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, indeed and um, made an impression on me <laughs> and I quite like Condemned to Hope as well Last track. Uh, can tell, yeah, I don't mind coming down to hope. Yeah. I also quite liked uh, Room 13. Yeah. I also thought it was a good thing. Um, yeah, I I'm, 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 still know what you mean. I mean, for me, this sounded bizarrely a bit like, a bit very much new wave of British heavy metal and kind of 80s mm. kind of sound. It had an 80s tinge to it, um, yeah. But with a bit of added grunge, so there, there was... Uh, you know, Good Lord. You know, riff-wise, riff there were bits of kind of sound garden... Rage Against the Machine kind of thing. Funny enough, Tumbleweed, it's a very Rage Against the Machine opening mm. kind of riff. Um, but then you have a woman from Leeds singing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine. It's very good though. I, I, I like, as I say, I like her lyrics. I like her, I like, not her, not her lyrics, I like her vocals. I like her style. Yeah, you know. I, actually, I actually like. She's I got a great voice. I actually liked her. Perfect for this album, in fact. I liked her style more than I liked the album as a whole. Yeah, because yeah. there were quite a lot of it just kind of washed over me a bit. Sorry, Black Moth. Um, um, which is a shame because I actually wanted to like it more more than I did. I think over overall. Um, but as you say, it's 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 nice to hear something that sounds. Well, actually, in all music, I, I like I like hearing bands that sound British. Yeah. Or at least sound where they're from. Sound like where they're from. So, so you know, if they're from the UK and they're singing R&B, I don't want them to sound like they're someone from Los Angeles. I want them to sound like they're someone from London or yeah, someone from Glasgow or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's like a classic Arctic Monkeys line. You're not from New York City. You're from Rotherham. Indeed. Yeah, and and that's I think to be applauded. So for that, if nothing else, cheers, Blackmoth. Thanks. Until next time. So, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, I'm, jump- I'm ahead of myself. You are. You're keen to finish. I know, it's I wonder, excitement. I wonder why. Um, uh, so, yeah, what's your favourite? I'll take over this bit then. What's your favourite <laughs> record, Scott? Uh, it's, well, it's clearly the Ryan Adams album. Uh, <laughs> clearly. But <laughs> All right, what's your second favourite? second favourite. Oh, mm, it, would have to be, uh, it would have to be Apex Twin overall. Okay. I think. I'm going to give it to Apex Twin then as well. Not just because I'm agreeing with you, but because I agree with you. (laughs) Cheers. You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast. Three-ish. And three-four-nine. Go on, then. Three...
fly my see how they run see how they they all run off the farms why because the day that growing up even if the last of the life especially the words out there